thine eye offends thee, pluck it out. If thine hand offends thee, then in God's name, cut it off. Once again, to Won't Stay Dead, the podcast that covers the murky world of cult and horror films. Yay! Um, <laughs> uh, jo- joining me as usual uh, are uh, Mr. David Hanna. Hello. And Mr. Paul Doran. Hello. Uh, and this episode, we are looking at um, a, bit, a bit of a bit of an unknown uh, Wes Craven uh, film uh, called Deadly Blessing, um, which is kind of one of those weird Amish cult type films um, and yeah but sure we'll we'll discuss that in a bit um, I, I suppose first of all just just a quick one like did you what were you what were your guys thoughts on Deadly Blessing uh, you go first Chris if you um, <laughs> yeah it, it, it was a pretty good movie until um, they were, it sort of dropped the ball a couple of times but it uh, it was pretty enjoyable like I uh, I some for some reason have a a soft spot for watching stuff set in like I don't know Amish country. <laughs> it's quite relaxing, even though it's a horror movie. Mm. Too many spiders for my liking. I don't fucking like spiders, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Sons of bitches, like. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean it's it was a weird movie in that like that Sharon Stone obviously before she was famous, but it's hard to sort of reconcile. On Sharon Stone would be an unfamous, so it sort of seemed like a weird kind of. She seemed like a weird fit in it, mm-hmm. which is sort of unfair because she was quite good in it. But uh, uh, but yeah, it's it's good. It's a good Wes Craven movie uh, for Indeed. the most part. Yeah, I thought it was sort of average. Um, I, I, I kind of thought it maybe had honest intentions somewhere, but never really kind of. It never really all came together properly. I thought that I, we'll get on to it actually, but when it came towards the end, I think it got really confused. Yeah, um, but you know, but uh, uh, we'll probably talk about that later. Cool. Uh, well, sure, we'll uh, do the beers. Um, I've, I've got a bit of a shit uh, shit haul this week again. I, I, I just seem to be broke all the time now, um, so I, I can't actually afford to go to a nice shop and. And get uh, beers that definitely tie in. So I've just got to kind of pick the uh, the kind of um, tenuous ones. So this. Do you blame the Tories? Yeah, I do actually blame the Tories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so this uh, this week I've got Grolsch, which is Dutch, and yeah. you could kind of you know tie it into kind of you know Dutch reformism and Pennsylvanian you know, Dutch. Yeah, exactly that kind of, that kind of thing. That kind of um, there. Yeah. There is something kind of innately Dutch about that, um, that uh, or something Germanic at least about that kind of uh, strain of um, you know kind of Amish Hittite type people. Yeah, uh, and then I've got um, 
get loads of Polish beers in in the shop uh, near us. I've got this one called Special. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. And it's got it's like six percent. Um, I picked that because um, Poland is a predominantly Catholic country, so quite religious. And also the can is, <laughs> the can is black, which is obviously what the Hittites, the color of the Hittites, wear. So that's what I've got. What about you, Dee? Um, I'm off booze for a good while, so I didn't get any booze, but I have a a nice can of Coke. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to look for some tenuous link between Coke and Texas, but there isn't any. But I did find out that there's a bottling plant in Texas. So That's it. Uh, there you go. Well, closer than uh, I've got, because I... I when I went to buy my beer today, I just had a fucking exhausting day, so I just wasn't even trying. Like, <laughs> and uh, I ended up with the same same shit I normally get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, got a in a car. Uh, no, I, I I actually had to go to Marks and Spencer's. I didn't even get to a proper off license. Sierra Nevada. So I got some Sierra Nevada pale ale because <laughs> the label sort of looks doesn't really look anything like. Uh, <laughs> to the countryside anyway uh, then Lagunitas IPA because it has it's American and uh, <laughs> I got some Four Pure uh, Session IPA which um, you have a green and barley on the label like the Hittites might grow I can't remember if these Hittites did grow barley but um, they've probably probably seen barley and uh, so some County Carlo Irish uh which uh, uh, goes along with those nice stout country lads, uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, I've also got a, a we've got a, an open bottle of Shadow Nuf de Pop here as well, which you know. Well, it's it it's not it's not really mentioned at all. I don't think at all. But I'm assuming the Hittites don't drink. No, probably not, which is yeah. why I'd figure any beer is sort of, any alcohol is connected to. Yeah. Well, actually, Dave, then you've you've got the perfect connection. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a tight for the evening. And we, or, or, or we could have had Lone Star beer. That's the only uh, Texas beer I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there any other ones? Like, I couldn't oh, think bar- of any. There's bound to be loads, but I, but I can't think of any. Yeah. What is Hank Hill drink? Hank Hill, um, probably something shite like Budweiser occurs. He might only drink like Texan beer. He only drinks domestic beer because I know there's a joke where he's a friend. Uh, he makes a new friend and they just like bond over not saying anything. So you want to go for a beer and the guy goes imported and he's like, oh, "How dare you!" And I'm like, I'm joking. <laughs> like, oh, oh, you really got me there. Probably drinks propane or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, sure. Well, apparently, uh, huh? it's called Alamo beer. I did a quick Google. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Oh, well, that's the beer that, that that he drinks in King of the Hill. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, fictitious. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Classic. Cool. Well, sure. We'll uh, get 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 stuck into our beer and our coke, and uh, <laughs> be back after this. <laughs> the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder. 
Blessing, um, 1981, I think. Uh, Wes Craven, and uh, I picked it because, well, it's. I mean, it's it's been ages now, but but I picked it because, um, the the one before the one before the Halloween uh, Night of the Demons one was um, we did like a uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and um, Wes Craven had just died around about the time we did that, so I thought well we did a Sean S. Cunningham film, so it might be cool to do a Wes Craven film. And I could have picked, like, one of the kind of groundhouse ones, like Last House or Hills of Eyes, or I could have picked, you know, one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. But I thought um, Deadly Blessing is kind of um, seen as the film that kind of, you know, transitioned him from, like, a kind of grindhouse, kind of gritty film director to the kind of more polished stuff that he later did, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream and things like that, Wishmaster. Um, So, yeah, I thought it'd be interesting. I actually got it... um, ages ago when I used to write reviews for this website uh, I got a press copy from Arrow so Arrow released it on um, DVD and Blu-ray um, about five or six years ago and I'd never even heard of it um, until I saw it uh, uh, until they sent me it and I watched it and I thought it was okay but um, I think I kind of um, preferred it a lot more watching it this time but I think I agree with you guys um, it's 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 not great and there are problems with it and I kind of thought like our kind of lackluster beer selection this week actually kind of mirrored <laughs> 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 mirrored our kind of indifference to the film and this morning or this afternoon when I was walking home from work and I was thinking about doing the podcast I was actually thinking I kind of wish I hadn't picked Deadly Blessing because it's a bit, <laughs> it was a bit stupid picking a film that I don't really care that much about um, I think it was just because Wes Craven had died and I thought well, we should do a Wes Craven film then, but now it's been ages since he died, and here we you are. You don't care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've never really, I've never really thought Wes Craven was that good anyway. Like, like I like Scream. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff's pretty good, I guess. Uh, Last House is good. Uh, Hills of Eyes um, is quite good, but it's 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 not like it's not brilliant, and it's certainly certainly by no means. You know, a typically good American Grindhouse film. Um, I've got like a bit of a controversial opinion that I I really enjoy the people under the stars. Oh yeah, are you not a fan again? I I, I really like that. Uh, it, it, I think it, it's because I saw it when I was a kid. Well, it was more or less. It was more that like um, I think I saw it when I was at uni, um, and so that would have been about ten years ago now, probably when I saw it, and I haven't seen it since. But I just remember at the time thinking that it wasn't particularly scary and it wasn't a particularly it wasn't a particularly scary horror film like it didn't give me that buzz I, I, I kind of thought it was almost a bit like the Goonies 
you know, it was kind of more like a kind of slightly scary adventure film. I mean, it could be wrong, you know, like I, I could watch it tomorrow and go, fuck, actually, that film's brilliant. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I just always think that Wes Craven's just always ever so slightly off the mark. Yeah, I think I sort of agree with you. Uh, though I do like The Hills Have Eyes, but it has dated quite a fair bit, I think. But certainly I with, Yeah, it's good. It's maybe just time hasn't been fair to it. But um, Nightmare on Elm Street never really scared me, or I never really found it as creepy as other people did. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like, I, I, I generally don't find most of the movies we cover are creepy or scary, particularly. I think I've desensitized myself a long time ago. Like, there's some movies I do find very scary, and I probably will never choose them because <laughs> the ones I find scary are just really fucking scary. But uh, we'll see. What like what do you think of Wes Craven in general, Crazy P? I I, I do like Nightmare um, a lot, and uh, I actually I really like New Nightmare. Uh, I think it's. it's it's brilliant. It's, uh, it's really, really well thought out, and um, it's yeah, it's, it's sort of what that that franchise needed. And I like Scream a lot as well. I, I sort of had, I sort of thought Scream was pretty shit for a long time, and then I saw it again a couple of couple of months ago, and it's, it's actually really good, it's pretty clever, and uh, it's entertaining, and it's uh, it. I think it's right on the money of, of how we sort of view horror movies now. And, uh, yeah, generally, I, I like Wes Craven a, a lot. Uh, Last House is, yeah, is <laughs> good, obviously, and uh, but it's, it's brutal. And um, I like Hills of Ice. It's, uh, I remember my, me and my friend Colin used to play a drinking game, The Hills of Ice, and... Uh, Maybe we only played it once. It seemed like we played it a lot of times, but I think we played it a couple of times at least. Where um, at first you had to take a drink every time you saw somebody who you thought was going to kill somebody, and then it escalated into like any time, any time anybody said anything, you took a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we got through like a twenty-four pack of of cans, and like before the film ended, and we were fucking dead for days. Like. <laughs> but. Um, and I always have fond movies, fond memories of of, the, of watching that movie. Yeah, I love Scream as well. Um, I think it's brilliant. I remember watching that when I was a kid, and it was like, um, I think my brother had rented it, and I was actually scared to watch it because it was it was like the it was like the new horror film. It was like you know it was, everyone was kind of saying you know this is like horror has come back. This is like horror horror films are good again because it was it was kind of around about the time of the um, the uh, slasher revival. You know, you had that, and then stuff like uh, I know what you did last summer. And like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. All of a sudden, people started making slasher films again. There was a kind of like a brief, yeah. brief spark in the kind of early nineties, early to mid nineties. That's, that's when I, that's what got me into slasher movies. Yeah, was Jeepers Creepers around then. It was a bit later, I think. I think it was about two thousand and one, maybe. But um, yeah, just like there are Carpenter films that I'll watch, like you know Halloween or or The Thing. Um, or Prince of Darkness, and I'll just go. That is a fucking phenomenal film. That is like that is like, you know, a textbook manual of how to make a horror film. There are like Argento films, and there are Bava films, like that, and even like the you know Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that. I absolutely love, and just you know could watch them all the time. But just basically, maybe apart from Scream, any Wes Craven film I've kind of watched, I've just kind of gone. Like it's just it's good, but it's not like. 
absolutely fantastic. You know, like I've I've yet to see a Wes yeah. Craven film that I would kind of rate in my top ten horror films. I don't I don't know what it is. You know. Did you uh, notice any of the Argento influences in Deadly Blessing? With most regards to like uh, murders that happened, I think there was one of the I've forgotten who got stabbed now. Um, someone gets stabbed, but it's very Argento-ish. Is like, it... you know, the black glove and the, oh, yeah. the zoom in of the knife and stuff. Yeah. Is it when, like, Michael Berryman's character gets stabbed when he's peering through the window? Yeah, at it's at the window. Yeah, 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 yeah it is. It's... William Gluntz or whatever he's called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, that's the thing. Um, and it's kind of one of the things I want to talk about anyway is, is like, it like in 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 the kind of murder sequences like that, it it does kind of take on like a kind of slasher feel, and uh, um you know because yeah like this kind of POV you don't see the killer black gloves shining knife you know it's kind of just cla- classic slasher stuff, and mm-hmm. um, it kind of just is one of those films that seems to just pick pick bits from other from other films. We we're kind of saying that about Night Night of the Demons. But it kind of picks picks bits from other films, um, and and uses them, and and as a result, I I, I think the film is quite confused a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But I but I think it's kind of down to the fact that um, I think kind of it like it it wasn't really Craven's, it wasn't really like a, a labor of love for Craven. It was kind of, I think I think maybe there was like another director who was supposed to do it, or else it was just the the guy Glenn, what's he called, Glenn M. Behest or something. He'd written this screenplay and and he'd worked on um, Summer of Fear with Craven, and so he kind of got him in. Um, and as a result, if you kind of watch Deadly, I've watched it maybe three or four times now. And if you watch Deadly Blessing, um, what 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 you kind of start to notice is that the the majority of the film is is fairly humdrum and a bit confused and not really knowing what it's going where it's going and not very good. But then every now and then you get these really really good set pieces. And that's obviously the 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 points at which kind of Craven's showing his flair and his skill, and you know what what he can actually do. So, for example, uh, the bit whenever Sharon Stone's character's Lana's in the um, in the uh, uh, barn, and whenever she's kind of um, uh, you know getting stalked like that, and then you know the bit with the snake and and, and kind of you know various set pieces like that is is where you kind of see Craven really coming through. Um. Um, so yeah, there are like various various um, kind of just wee sections that are that are done really really well, um, and then the rest of it's all just kind of filler. Like like, did, did you guys kind of yeah. notice that? Yeah, sort of. It, it was sort of a bit like, an, at, at times it was a little bit like an Amish murder she wrote or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not a. Just you know, kind of gentle characters. It was I know, most of the characters were quite sinister, I suppose. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> sort of like look where we find ourselves now. Let's I don't know. Let's see where this goes, kind of thing. It's not, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I I think it's kind of particularly telling that um, you know the the bit where Martha's in the bath and, and the snake kind of comes up between her legs. And yeah. then that was kind of Craven. Then later used that in Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy's glove coming out of the bath. Yeah, and I think that that, that, that kind of says it all because it's because it's almost like you know that was kind of you know Craven's kind of um, feel for kind of suspense and and you know his kind of 
use, using his use, using his imagination, um, and then he probably yeah. and then he probably after the film thought you know that, that was actually quite a cool scene that I shot. It's a pity it had to go in that film. I may as well I may as well keep that for you know yeah. For, that for, was quite a cool yeah. scene. There, I mean, there was uh, it was weird like classical imagery in that film or in that scene like there was, you know the the Greek masks on the wall and stuff. Oh. And um, and I actually thought I was on to something, and I looked up uh, Agamemnon, who I knew was murdered in the bath, and I thought maybe the masks were like uh, a copy of like Agamem- Agamemnon's uh, death mask, but it, I don't think it is. It looks nothing like him. Agamemnon's death mask makes him look like a fucking I don't know, like a Teletubby or something. But uh, was that the one who was uh, boiled to death? Uh, maybe I'm not sure. All I know is he was murdered in the bath, but possibly that would be a horrible way to go. Uh, he 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 was like a Memnon. He's like a Greek god or something. No, he was he was king. Was he, I can't remember. Was he Trojan king or something? I'm not sure. Uh, let's find out. <laughs> Our listeners are dying to know. Hmm. I I I was trying to think of some of the other kind of bits that I really liked in terms of you know just the kind of single moments and the other one is obviously the the various kind of spider bits you know the bit where like Lana's dream where she has the spider dropped in her mouth. Oh yeah. Um, it just it just like the the whole film just stank of that to me. It just stank of like Craven kind of going, oh God, you know I've got to do this film. It's a job, but it's not a great film. And I think actually. Craven is actually on record as kind of saying he, he thought that the the script was just too confused, like it didn't know what it wanted to be. Did it, did it want to be a kind of Amish cult film? Did it want to be a slasher film? You know, do you know what I mean? And then yeah. you've got the, the kind of love yeah. story between um, what she called is it Vicky and uh, John, um, Martha's dead husband's brother. You know, the, the, he the looked other... really familiar to me. That's just. I thought he was the guy from House for ages, but he's he's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunately, I don't. I don't think he was ever in anything. But yeah, did, I looked up not... a lot of the cast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And like, uh, uh, Marin Marin Jensen, who um, uh, plays Martha. Um, like, apparently, that was her last film. She has some weird disease, didn't she? Oh, did she? I, I I think so, um, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I remember reading it somewhere, but yeah, she never got back into acting after that because she couldn't uh, because of her disability, whatever it, it was. Because I, th- I think she was in um... Epstein Barr syndrome, uh, and she was a longtime companion of singer songwriter Don Henley. Because I think she, I think she was in the original um, Battlestar. Oh really? I think she was in the, the yes, she was. She yeah, was yeah, yeah, Battlestar. Yeah, so one of one of her credits on IMDb, like one of her most recent credits, is like uh, like a Talking Head and a Battlestar documentary. Right. But she's weird, and like um, she does have like like really kind of striking features. Um, and I I remember I um it, it kind of reminded me whenever I like the last the last place I worked um two of my two of my uh, f- female colleagues uh. Explained to be the concept of um, bitchy resting face. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what bitchy resting face is, it's like someone, and I'm assuming it's spe- specifically supposed to be a woman because these kind of things are usually uh, very unfair on women and on how they how they look. Um, but it's supposed to be someone who, when they're resting, looks pissed off. And I, I kind of got that from um, 
from Marin Jensen. <laughs> and they were like, I, I've, <laughs> and I've got a version of that, like where I just look depressed constantly, uh, <laughs> and people always tell me to cheer up. It's like uh, I'm fine, go away. <laughs> and the, 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 there's that uh, that that actor that I I saw him recently. I think he's called Kevin Hart, African American oh, yeah, actor. Like comedian guy. Yeah, he he's got that. Like he he constantly looks like <laughs> miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but there were moments, um, and I think it was like um, after um, uh, Michael Berryman's character is killed, uh, William Glunt's, you know, when he's kind of found hanging by by Lana in the in the thing in the barn, and then the sheriff comes, and then he says something to Martha like. Um, if uh, if something happens again, I'm I, I ain't gonna be here for nothing but clean up, and just like yeah. the, the, when she's looking at him, she just looks like she's got her mouth <laughs> open and she's just gurning. Yeah, <laughs> really weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on the on the uh, Arrow um, on the Arrow uh, DVD, there's there's like um, there's like an interview with uh, Glenn Glenn M. Benest is his, is his name name. He he wrote the screenplay. And he kind of says that uh, the three kind of lead lead characters apparently were all kind of uh, sorry the uh, three lead females uh, actors were all um, bit bitching at each other and, and kind of fighting for um, for attention and stuff. I I don't actually believe him because he he, he also makes this comment about um, seeing seeing beautiful women in terror is better than seeing men in terror and kind of <laughs> and kind yeah, of. There. Uh, as soon as he said that, I kind of thought, I don't, I'm not, I'm not actually going to trust anything that you say about women because you've, you're clearly one of those people with a, a really fucking weird um, attitude to to women. So, so that's a really strange way of phrasing that as well. Yeah, it's like he sounds <laughs> yeah. like a rapist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he, he said, like uh, <laughs> seeing see, seeing women and seeing women in peril is scarier than seeing men in peril or something. It's 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 better horror. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so so maybe I've kind of slightly misquoted him, but um, yeah. but yeah. So supposedly he, uh, um, um, because like from a screenplay point of view, I suppose it is it is original because I'm I'm not sure anyone had really kind of explored the kind of Amish thing before, and apparently he'd he'd read about the Amish um, community in National Geographic, um, and supposedly around about this time, not really American, not really many Americans knew much about the Amish people. Um, so he was kind of really interested in it, and he thought, well, it's like a it's, it's like a religious um, setting, and so as a result, there's kind of like a there's like a lot of suppression of like emotions and things like that. So he thought that that would be a good setting for a horror film, and then he wrote yeah. the and then he wrote the screenplay. I mean, like, like, do you guys think the whole Hittite thing, Amish type thing, does, does it add anything to the film? I think so. I think it's quite interesting. I think it, it sort of gives it a um, as you, actually as when you mentioned repression there. Uh, it it sort of gives it a kind of like a Salem-ish kind of feel, you know, a, a crucible kind of style. Um, I mean, it, it's you're, there's sort of sort of a witch hunt going on as well, you know, a succubus hunt, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I wonder why Americans didn't really know anything about the Amish. Well, like I mean, they were right there, like they're right on there, in the middle of them all. Like you know, they were just they were just so boring. You know, <laughs> look at those. <laughs> This guy's don't have any fucking cars. Why? We don't want anything to do with that shit. Like. Yeah, I don't think it really worked. How come? 
It's just, it's hard to relate to it. Like, I usually think most horror works if you can kind of have some, uh, if it means something to you, you know, if if you can imagine yourself in that situation. And it's hard to imagine yourself as part of an Amish community. I think usually the best horror is set within something that you have some sort of commonality with. Like, whether if it is a slasher film, it's usually on a summer camp or something or uh, in a suburb, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Same with zombie films, like why you're scared of zombies. Everything seems familiar. Yeah, I suppose so. If it doesn't work as horror, though, then it works as drama in that way because, I mean, a lot of drama is set in sort of uh, unfamiliar circumstances, but it's still effective. But uh, do you you think it did work as drama then, or do you make it? Uh... So I, I actually <laughs> thought at times it did work quite well as a drama. Like I, I, I don't think it's particularly horrific. I thought yeah. the, they didn't take advantage enough of. Was it Isaiah? He called the 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 main leader. Yeah, yeah. I th- I thought he was actually quite good, but uh, they just didn't really use him enough. I thought. Yeah, uh, completely agree. Sort of left up. Yeah, it was it was strange. And then I was reading that apparently he got nominated for like was it a Razzie at the time, which didn't make any sense to me. If anyone should have been nominated for that, it was Sharon Stone. Completely. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, because your your guy, big face, bald guy, Michael Berryman. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. An innocent man child. <laughs> <laughs> He's always always brilliant. He's in uh, Hills of Ice as well, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. something. I think he's in another Craven as well, possibly. But yeah. uh, I think I think, he, I, think he, I think he's worked with Craven a few times. Yeah, can't beat that. Yeah. It's like that's that's a prize face. But <laughs> coming back to the thing about whether or not the Amish thing works, I mean, obviously the 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 kind of counter argument to that day is the fact that you're you're you know you're you're supposed to you're supposed to associate yourself with. With the three with the three women, and the kind oh, yeah. of situation that they're in, you know, because you're kind of like, oh god, who are these guys? What are they going to do next? You know, how how far will they take this whole incubus thing? You know, and you know they kind of go and get themselves a gun, and yeah. people are fucking. Like, Fuck, really really they, they genuinely right. believe that you know <laughs> we're Satan or whatever. What the fuck? Yeah. Why did the think you like? Why did the think one of them was going to be Satan? This is one of the things that I don't understand because, and there are certain elements of the script that I don't understand, and I'm and I'm I'm wondering is it just because it's because it's confused? But basically, um, the first thing is that um, an an incubus is is supposed to be male. It's like a male uh, demon or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and the female yeah. is is the succubus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they keep on calling her the incubus. Uh, Martha the Incubus, but then at the end, um, Melissa reveals, I think, that that they actually think that Faith is the Incubus. Yeah. And that obviously means that they realise that they somehow know that Faith is actually a a boy, is actually a man. Yeah. So whenever they're talking about the Incubus, because they always talk about the Incubus in the third person... You know, they, they, I don't think they ever say to Martha, "You are the fucking incubus." By the way, 
so, so I, I'm, I'm assuming that that, 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 that part of the reveal is supposed to be, oh, we weren't actually talking about Martha the whole time. We actually knew that Martha was okay and we were actually talking about Faith. Is that the reveal? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell if they were actually that intelligent. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I don't know. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, definitely um, what you were saying about uh, Ernst, Ernst Borgnine or Borgnine, you know, he plays Zaya. I, th- I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And I, and I kind yeah. of thought, Nick, he, he, he kind of does the whole, you know, he's the, obviously like the kind of, you know, kind of patriarchal tyrant, um, you know, and everyone kind of respects his authority. Um, but they just did, it didn't really go anywhere. He, he, he just kind of stays at one level the whole way through the film. He doesn't get any more or less angry or threatening. He's just at this mm. one level the whole way through. Like, he, he plays it well, but, but the script doesn't give him anything to work with. It doesn't give him... He doesn't get more angry or less angry or doesn't change his mind or get more psychopathic or threatening. He just stays at this one level the whole way through the film. Yeah, there's no, like, real sort of arc, is there? He just... No? Yeah, Peter's out. I did like the bit where he was in uh, the church uh, when he's scolding the wee kid for breaking in. Yeah. Or well, well, getting Michael Berryman's character murdered essentially. Yeah. But uh, but he he showed like that what he was capable of. I think the uh, acting wise. Yeah. Or you know, he's just very, very strict and really committed to his religion. It almost to the point where he has to be a cruel, horrible bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually really I mean I I kind of had problems with his logic in that scene though because I don't really see how just because that kid dared him to go um, he is in some way responsible I mean William Glantz is is his own you know like, all, all, like he, he could have easily just said well I don't care if you dare me I'm, I'm not going to go and, and and second of all why didn't the wee kid go, well, to be honest with you, I only went once and it was with your man and I know for a fact that A, he'd been to the barn before and B, he was always fucking creeping around Martha's house watching her getting undressed so you needn't fucking come with me at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, because it's just like, oh, oh, like you did, like, like you dared him to go into, into the uh, barn so therefore you're responsible for his death but the wee kid doesn't kind of say but that doesn't matter because it was only that once and I know that he'd been before and he was also st- going around your woman's house and peeking through her windows watching her getting, up, getting undressed. So basically you're saying you'd sell out your dead friend? <laughs> <laughs> and what about the, the uh, fat kid who kind of sells him out? Because he puts the... Um, Oh yeah, he puts the wee bit of paper in the note and then then the hat. <laughs> what a dickhead! Yeah, <laughs> he did it for a cream bun. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, all... what did uh, what did just make of Sharon Stone's performance? Well, apparently, um, she like she actually well because it was like I think it was her first major acting job. Like, I think she'd mostly just done um, modeling work, and. Uh, Apparently, um, she wasn't doing very well, and she was kind of struggling and finding it difficult. And at one point, she actually turned around and shouted at Wes Craven, uh, "Direct me, for God's sakes!" 
or something. <laughs> and apparently, ev- everyone in the crew, like, was like, God, you know, like, you know, actors aren't supposed to do that to directors, and everyone was kind of like, Oh God, didn't really know what the note to make of it. But apparently, Craven just went over and had, had a chat with her, and no one else could hear what he was saying to her, and they just had a bit of a chat, and then everything was fine. Um, I'm gonna stick a fucking spider in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll direct you. But I, I think. Um, there is a lot of ambiguity oh. to her character, and I think a lot of it comes down with to Sharon Stone's inability to, to kind of act really, and and I think, um, you know, because like like there are those there, there's like a moment whenever um, it's not Vicky because Vicky's her the actor's name. No, 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 no. It, it is Vicky. Um, when whenever she's out with John, you know, and 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 they go for the drive and they go to the cinema and everything, and then it's just mm. Lana and Martha, and they just have this really weird bit where like, and. At, at one moment, Lana's kind of um, going all, you know, oh my god, you're, you know, like, you're, you're just as scared as I am, you know, like, like you can't escape death, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then, like, like 30 seconds later, she's offering to make Martha a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a glass of milk. And it's just, yeah. she's just, she's all over yeah. the place. And I think it's, yeah, it's a, weird. a mixture of her not not necessarily being a trained actor and, and the shit script. What, yeah. did, what did you guys yeah. think of Sharon Stone? Yeah. I thought she was pretty awful, but I, I think it's maybe because of that, though. Like, because her character, as you said, did fluctuate quite a bit. Like, she would be really horrible one second and then be quite supportive the next. Um, or just some of her lines would be quite blunt and not, uh, like, almost really stupid. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. You know, that's sort of really horrible <laughs> Um, acting but yeah she was pretty awful <laughs> but I, I don't think she's a terrible actress like I've enjoyed her in things like Total Recall and stuff and casino. she kind of suited that yeah and Casino as well um, it was, it was Ginger wasn't it um, but yeah she's she's capable of it maybe it was the script because overall the script wasn't great I've always, I've never really been sure what to make of Sharon Stone because because I haven't really seen her in a lot of stuff other than Casino uh, since I've maybe been an adult. I don't know. She's, she's not really in a lot of movies I watch anymore. Like, But as, when I was a kid, I remember like I remember being aware of like people of people getting really excited about Sharon Stone movies because Sharon Stone was so sexy. And <laughs> I never I never really found her particularly attractive. I mean, she's pretty. She's obviously, obviously very attractive, but I, I was never very like particularly taken by her and so I never really got that and when I was a kid I was always like this is everything I've seen her in is really boring because it's just like everybody looking at Sharon Stone and it's not I don't know it's weird so I, I think I was I, I was always like is she a good actor or is she um, is she just about looks and it never really uh, it's never really able to decide and now it's sort of spoiled Sharon Stone for me so now I, I don't mm. know I, I, I didn't particularly enjoy her performance like this. I couldn't really get into it. I couldn't really forget that I was just watching Sharon Stone, you know? Yeah. I think it's quite telling that, like, in sort of recent times, she hasn't been in anything big. I don't yeah. think she's been able to sustain a career, like, in big films. Uh, I'm struggling to think. I, I looked up her IMDb, and, like, the last big thing that she was in was ages ago. Was she in a film where there are a load of scientists go to the like bottom of the sea to like a sphere? Sphere, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, Dustin Hoffman, yeah, yeah, or snakes. There's some more snakes in that one as well. Samuel L. Jackson, I think, is in that too. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, is he in Deep Blue Sea as well? Yeah. I, I sort of forget I was too confused because we're both set at sea. And <laughs> deep. Uh, well, yeah, yeah uh, Deep Blue Sea is the, the uh, shark film. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, actually, I was the same, um, Paul, when I, when I was a kid. Um, I, I, I never got the whole Sharon Stone thing. Like, I never understood why she was supposed to be this amazing, you know, kind of, I don't know, yeah, as you say, kind of like a, a really hot actress kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I never really got it. Because the, the, there is actually a line in Scream, which is kind of a nice tie-in. Um, when one of the characters, Randy, I think it is, says... Um, uh, no, no, Randy's the horror buff, isn't he? Anyway, um, yeah. one of the... One of the killers, um, whenever the killers are revealed, one of them says something like, your mom was no Sharon Stone, to Nev Campbell's character. Um, and I think that that was the first time I kind of realised that, that Sharon says, Stone was supposed to be this, this amazing, yeah. you know, beautiful actress. Um, yeah. But I have to say, um, uh, and I don't want to kind of, you know, f- you know, kind of focus too much on, on, a, on a female actor's looks, because that's, you know... But um, I, I actually think in, in Deadly Blessing she's she's absolutely stunning. I, I, actually, yeah. I, I actually, yeah. I actually think she kind of steals the show, and I think if she'd put in a good performance, she would have completely stolen the show. No. Yeah, I mean you're you're right. Actually, uh, never really. But yeah, I think I think performance wise, that really takes off. Like yeah. Well, what yeah. about? I think um, any actor steals the show. It's got to be Ernest Borgnine, isn't it? Like he's. It's the only sort of one that you really remember his roles. Yeah. Like it's completely or, or what he does. Yeah. And in, in in fact I actually remember that the, the first time I watched it, I, I think I actually tudded whenever um, Michael Berryman's character died. Um yeah. because that's another that's another thing that that's another kind of waste. You know, like 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 you've got Michael Berryman, he's like such a he's such a presence in any film. Yeah, he is. Um, put him, put him in a shirt, like a blonde wig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could have done that, um, <laughs> um And it's just like he gets killed off within like the first twenty minutes or something, and you're just like, no, why is he getting killed off? He was brilliant in Hills of Eyes. He like he he is yeah. the Hills of Eyes. Why? Incidentally, what do you think? What do you think is the, the last movie we discussed here that actually had really really good acting in? <laughs> Uh, would it have been the Devils? Maybe? I think maybe the Devils. That's what I was gonna. That was a while ago. Yeah, that's that's the only one I could think of. <laughs> well, I mean, Oliver Reed. Like, I should watch the fucking Devils again. Like, not <laughs> the Devils. Realistically, the Devils is the only kind of proper good film that we've watched. It's only really acclaimed film we've we've yeah. reviewed, isn't it? Let's talk about the Devils. That's okay. just okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of the devils, actually, um, I, I I watched um, Layer of the White Worm uh, during the week. Which which one? I've seen I've seen a really terrible version. Oh, it's the uh, Ken Russell one with um, Hugh Hugh Grant and Peter Capaldi. Well, it was good. I've seen that one. It's yeah, not... I have seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's I why like I watched it. it. <laughs> was it any good? It's brilliant. Actually, it's all right. It's all right. It's not. It's not as bad as it. But it's it's not good. It's not brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I think I, I maybe didn't see the beginning of it, but I don't think the beginning would have saved it for me. The um lady who plays the the the, the kind of um the uh, white worm character, 
she is unbelievable. She's absolutely brilliant. And like whenever she's actually kind of trying to be a steak, you know, obviously still in human form, but she's kind of trying to have kind of reptilian qualities. She's absolutely brilliant. I, I loved it. I was completely absorbed by it. I thought Peter Capaldi was brilliant. Hugh Grant was brilliant. Yeah, I just thought it was class. And and then like any time the white worm um, attacks people, it does this crazy, it gets all weird colours and stuff. And it has like, a, it's, it's almost a bit like the devils because one of the scenes it has like, Loads of Roman soldiers raping loads of nuns. I'm actually getting this confused with another film. I, I, I'm getting confused with like a film made about two years ago, uh, and it, it was on like a Sci-Fi Channel. And I think it might have been another version of There the White Worm or something. I don't know, but I, I have seen this. I know, like, I'm thinking of like Doctor Who era Peter Capaldi, but obviously this is like made in I don't know, yeah, like, like early 80s. 90s. He's, like really young, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, no, I do remember that. That is a really fucking weird movie. It's absolutely it's brilliant. I was completely the, bored by it. The like the weird laser show, uh, yeah, effects and stuff. Like, um, it's like, like one of those like weird game shows for kids. Like, like where they like adventure game shows. It's it like is na- it, it, nightmare. Or something. It is actually a bit like nightmare. Yeah, um, but it's just yeah, it's cool. just it's just complete Ken Russell. It, it's. Um, it's 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 very sexualized, but but not not in like a kind of you know, kind of trashy you know, like giallo way you know like a kind of you know it's kind of you know, sleazy or anything. It's just like, um, I don't know. It, it, like there's there's just something like innately sexual about the kind of main character, like the the white worm character. Um, it's it's kind of got that 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 British feel to it because because like a lot of it's set in. Kind of the outdoors, you know, that like they were exploring a cave and there's like fields and stuff, and yeah. it's all kind of set in the countryside. It, it kind of has that, um, but uh, it's totally different from Hammer feel. Like it's, oh, it's oh, completely, not, yeah. yeah. It, it, it kind of has that kind of Wicker Man or um, American Werewolf in London, yeah, feel yeah, to yeah. It, that, that kind of um, you know, like rainy, rainy British countryside feel to it. I guess yeah, uh, uh, maybe a little bit like uh, Living Dead Manchester Morgue. Maybe, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, Actually, yeah. But also a bit like, have you ever seen Phantasm? Yeah. It sort of reminded me of Phantasm. Yeah. Bit. But, uh, yeah. So it's worth checking out then? Definitely. I mean, it's Ken Russell, yeah. so. You mentioned That's it awesome. on, like, like our third podcast. I think it was the Tourist Trap episode. Uh, when we yeah. were talking about films that we'd seen recently, and you, one of the films you were talking about was Lair of the White Worm, Crazy P. Me? Right, yeah. So it was probably going, yeah, going back nearly two probably years. Probably a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. it, it was one of those films that I always wanted to see because I remember whenever we used to go to Extravision, um, which anyone who doesn't know is like an Irish uh, blockbusters. We used, mm-hmm. I, I used to stand in the horror horror section, and I was I was too young to rent any of the films, and there's no way my mum was going to let me. But I used to always go and look at the cover of the Lair of the White Worm because it had the picture of the the woman in the back with her fangs and her kind of grey face, <laughs> yeah. and it scared the absolute shit out of me. And I always wanted to see it, and I only just saw it there, like you know, last week. I, I, as you were talking about it, it sort of brought it back to me. But uh, I don't know what the hell I was thinking of. I was oh. thinking really cheap thing I saw recently, like about six months ago. I, sh- I should have picked that rather than Deadly Blessing. Suppose, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um. suppose we should we should drag the old the old horse and cart round back round to Deadly Blessing again. Yeah, why are we why are we talking uh, about that? Why are we talking? Uh, about- because uh, <laughs> I got bored. wanted to talk about the devils instead. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, devils, 
<laughs> ah, but uh, I mean, well, okay. So, like, I was mentioning, um, it kind of has the, the layer of the wet worm has that kind of pastoral England feel to yeah, it, yeah. and um, that's that's definitely one of the strengths of of Deadly Blessing. I think is is the scenery. I mean, it's gorgeous, and it's obviously yeah, filmed, it, it must have been filmed in the summer because, like, what what wouldn't you give to live somewhere like that? I mean, it's absolutely beautiful, isn't it? It is lovely. Yeah, it would be quite nice. I, I mean, I think, I think I'm maybe being unfair in this movie. I did quite enjoy this movie, but I don't really find I didn't really find a lot of talking points in it. You know, um, it's kind of a straightforward. Yeah. It's pretty sure. I think we've covered this story so many times in other movies. You know, I the think twist. Like someone described it as made for TV, and yeah, it kind of suits that description. You know, it, it, yeah. it's sort of one of those films. You'll just let it sort of wash over you a wee bit. It's not not gonna leave you with too many memories. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, you well, know, yeah. Apart from the ending, like the ending is just yeah. mad. Like. I. I don't yeah. Well, nice. I actually enjoyed the ending when it happened, but when I thought back on it, I was like, actually, that was shit. <laughs> well, I no, see the 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 ending is is yet another um, kind of symptom of you know post carry horror. Um, it it wasn't the intentional ending, um, yeah. Because obviously the film is supposed to be the 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 Hittites are wrong, and you know the devil doesn't exist, and it's all just in everyone's mind, and it's all psychological. And then the the the, the final scene ruins that by saying, "Oh, actually, no, the devil does exist." Um, yeah. And apparently, like even like the uh, screenwriter, um, Glenn Bannister, whatever he's called. Um, like he he didn't he didn't realize that that had happened until he he watched the he, until he attended the premiere, right? He didn't even know that, that the studio had done that. It was all just the studio just saying, oh well, you know, Carrie did the whole, you know, the killer comes back at the end thing, so you know we should do that. I wonder um, if he was annoyed. I think he was. Yeah. I think he kind of says that like that all all the kind of quotes that I'm attributing to him were from the the um the interview in the in the Arrow um Blu-ray and. He does. I think he kind of says, like, um, you know, it, it 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 kind of ruined the film basically because it kind of it, it changes the entire the entire film and especially when you watch it a second time. Um, yeah, it, it just kind of ruins. I it. think it would be almost unfair, though. I think for them to use that as a crutch to maybe criticize the film. Because I even think the end and before that is a bit awful. You know, the the whole revealing of faith uh, used to be a boy and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it all. It almost seems like they had come up with a reason to make the them killers. Yeah, if that makes yeah, it's just oh, I don't know. I, I just like thought it was a bit silly. I think it's going for like a cheap, a cheap Hitchcockian thing. Like it's going for a cheap psycho, yeah. cheap psycho twist, and then it has the Night of the Demon thing we were talking about before uh, tacked on the end as well. <laughs> it does. It does kind of come from nowhere, and it does kind of seem. Um, a bit pointless. I mean, obviously, th- throughout the whole film, there there is an unseen killer, and so at some point we need to find out who the unseen killer is, and it's likely to be someone that we don't expect. So, who yeah. who who is it likely to be? Then it's well, it's going to be Faith and her mum, isn't it? And then, but why are they the killers? Oh, because Faith is actually a man, and she's in love with Martha, and that's why she killed her husband. Yeah. <laughs> why is she a killer? Because right. transgender. Yeah, so. <laughs> Actually, it's very right. convoluted. Like, yeah. I mean, is it is it transphobic? Probably. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, 
<clears throat> have you ever seen or read Funeral in Berlin? I can't remember the movie in the same way, but uh, the book, it's a good book, you should read it, but I don't want to give it anything away, but like, uh, I, I won't really give much away, but basically the moral is because gays. <laughs> it's like gays will lose this the cold war will be lost because of gays what are those 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 oh. things that you've you've brought up a few times and it's those leaflets check tracts yeah what are they called check tracts they're by a guy called jack chick he said he was like he was saved from a life of like pretty staunch protestantism to become extremely evangelical because uh, he heard some like radio broadcast in his parents and those so he suddenly had a fucking fit and his parents and those were probably like oh fuck right <laughs> like what Jack's doing he's fucking rolling around the ground and going speaking in tongues but um, he then he said he was sitting in his car watching a bunch of teenagers one day and he said how can I help these teenagers I'm sure that's what he was he was doing as he was watching these kids like. and he uh, decided he would draw a uh, uh, draw a comic to um, get down under their level and tell them how they're going to hell and uh, he did and now you sell fucking millions of them. I'm sure you've you've been handed them before like I, I, I actually I wrote an essay about it for the bear one time it took me like a week to research um, I had like a week off and I spent the entire week researching chick tracks and like try to contact Jack Chick try to get interviews with him and stuff and he wouldn't give me an interview mm. and did um, he respond at no, all? no nothing uh, I tried, tried like Tried emailing them. I tried their Facebook page a couple of times. Tweeted them and stuff. And yeah. Publicly yeah. and privately and nothing. Yeah. And uh, um, every now and then somebody will like tweet me or tweet the bear and say like, uh, and say, "Hey, buddy, you're wrong. I bloody I I damn love chick tracks. I'm handing them out today. <laughs> I was actually at a party, your Halloween party, Ian, and some guy said he was he was it was harvest time for. For the Lord, and he was handing out chick tracks, and he was tweeting me about it. And I was like, right, "Okay, fine, brilliant." <laughs> and they're good fun, like they're stupid. They're really stupid, but they're like really brutally homophobic um, and like really dangerous. They so like they um, they talk about uh, how uh, all gay people, like the gay people, don't live past the age of like forty-five and stuff, and how all gay people are um, are victims of child abuse and. Uh, and uh, inevitably, one hundred percent of the time, go on to abuse children, and it's it's like a uh, it's like a cycle of of mm. like abuse that also manifests itself as homosexuality, and um, how uh, the gay threat of blood terrorism must be kept at bay, and blood terrorism is AIDS. Uh, this, yeah, um, the gay people are going to donate AIDS-ridden blood too. To, oh, on uh, on uh, purpose, the, the, yeah. yeah. I think I think actually to ransom a uh, whole whole population of ransom to uh, have money diverted to gay causes, which are you know never <laughs> really specifies. I assume, I assume like, like a, a drag show or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's and, another uh, thing about the. Um, <laughs> but that's uh, another thing about yeah, the film is like it, it 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 doesn't it doesn't really kind of. Like it, it, it doesn't really do anything like that, you know. It doesn't really have them be particularly evangelical about anything. They just kind of constantly go on about the incubus. I mean, we kind of hear them a few times. Like the the, the thing that they complain about the most is um, machinery and like you know like you know like electrical equipment. They yeah, do, yeah. They, they don't ever talk about drinking. They don't ever talk about sex. They don't ever talk about homosexuality. 
you know, they just talk about sin, the incubus, and how um, uh, machinery's bad. Although there, yeah, is, yeah. there, is, there is one bit whenever whenever William dies, and um, they won't let uh, they won't let them take him away from an for an autopsy to, to determine the cause of death. Yeah, he says right. like I like I won't let you put put my knives on my boy. But I was wondering, like, it, like does does he have the right to do that? Does someone have the right to say you're not allowed to autopsy him? He he's my son. Right. Or does the government just go, uh, no, fuck you? There's kind of, you know, <laughs> there's like due process. I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'd imagine if there was suspicious circumstances, the state would supersede, you know, the family's yeah. wishes. Like this is in the public interest to know if yeah. someone's been murdered. But I, I don't know the yeah. law. But maybe it's different for different states as well. Maybe. I maybe. think maybe I as well, when you're saying like they don't become particularly evangelical uh, about stuff. I think, though, a lot of the time when people are, like, showing how evangelical they are, it's it's in the face of diversity or opposition to their, their beliefs. So, obviously, these guys are in their own world and their own, like, surrounded by their own people and their own beliefs, so they don't really have anything to prove, so they don't really have anything to show, show off, so they don't really need to evangelize, you know? Yeah. Mm. So, it only really comes out when they're taken out of that, and, and out of that context, or they're they're attacking somebody, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a good line that um, uh, Isaiah says uh, during that bit, and he says like, um, uh, you, you, "Your laws can't crush the incubus; ours can." <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Uh, all right, Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> how, 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 how's that working out for you? <laughs> so it's like it's not really fair to compare them to Amish people, though. Is it? I don't think Amish people are that um, uh, fire and brimstone. No, as far as I'm aware, Hittites make the Amish look like swingers, apparently. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say that. Like, I, I was, I was wondering whether or not you know Amish people watching the film would be horrendously offended. Not, not they that they would ever watch the film. Well, not they would. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? They like they don't really see evil, uh, or sorry, technology is evil in itself. It's they just see it as a way of removing yourself from the burden of labor. Yeah, yeah. As some people would say it as they don't see it as a burden. I don't think, or maybe they do, but one that's given to them by God. But yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Like it's not that that whole thing, you know. B- because Evie at the apple, you know, wasn't that one? Wasn't that wasn't that one of the things? Like, uh, women suffer pain in childbirth, and men and pe- yeah. people have to toil the fields to grow stuff because there's weeds and stuff. So maybe they kind of see it like by inventing machinery, you're. Um, you're kind of bypassing God's will. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't really understand it though. Like, why don't they act as like horses and you know, rather than get <laughs> yeah, like, a big true. cart? Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> what? So, surely, like a cart is some form of technology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's I suppose so. Like a hammer is technology. Where does it end? Yeah. Well, I mean, like a so shoe is technology, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't. Where did they draw the line? That's yeah. well, the can't draw a line, can they? Because Technology as well. Yeah. <laughs> and needle and thread <laughs> technology. Ian, Ian it almost yeah. me to Amishism, and you've, you've just taught me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we were talking about the the bit after it's after William William gets murdered, um, and I've got a nice clip of that, and it's a good it's a good time to take to maybe take a break. All right. Cool. He said he ain't gonna let me touch him. He never harmed no one. He was touched. You didn't have to hurt him. Mr. Glantz, 
You don't think I killed William? Mr. Glantz, there's no use making accusations till we have an autopsy. Or... Not that you put your knives on my boy. He's suffered enough. Sheriff, this is our affair. We will bury William. You want me to find who did that or not? We already know who did this. Who? The Incubus. Your laws cannot crush the Incubus. Ours can. Take him home, Matthew. Well, I'll be damned. These boys eat brimstones for breakfast, I swear. If I was you, I'd get out tonight. I'll come back with you tomorrow and get your things. Meanwhile, I'll get a court order and look at that body. You want me to run just because you can't find a killer? Your friend said he was hanging, and you found him in a straw. She goes on about death running after her wearing a black bathrobe or something. On the other hand, if someone did do it, it wasn't someone you'd want to tangle with, believe me. If something happens, I ain't going to be here in time for nothing but cleanup. Did any of you guys actually see that, that film Witness? Um, it was like a Harrison was that Ford? Harrison Ford? Yeah, did any of you guys see that? Like a uh, pretty early Harrison movie, like 80s. I never saw, it, but yeah, it was like it was like eighty five, and I think like one of the things about this film is that like people think that you know Witness was the first film to kind of explore the Amish community, but in fact, actually, in fact, it was Deadly Blessing. But yeah, Witness I think is about Harrison Ford is a cop, and a, a, a boy dies on an Amish farm, suspected. Yeah, I think I might have seen this actually. Being murdered, it, it, so it does familiar. I haven't seen it, but I think Harrison Ford has to go undercover in this Amish community and yeah trying try and scoop out the um, but you know like, none of you guys have seen it now I, I know think I, I, I maybe saw it when I was a kid yeah I think it might have been on TV when like we were kids um, yeah yeah I usually I make a because TV was shit I quite like Harrison Ford films as well it's like a sort of a guilty pleasure yeah definitely yeah he was like uh, I love uh, those ridiculously patriotic Jack Ryan films yeah. yeah, Air Force <laughs> yeah. One and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, our, our first one isn't Jack Ryan. It's uh, not Jack Ryan. Yeah, no. It's it, it comes after. It's it's a good film though. It's, <laughs> but the one with uh, Sean Bean is 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 pretty funny. When Sean the in the Ra. yeah, he's in the Ra, and they have obviously ridiculous funding because they can afford attack helicopters and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And they <laughs> they have this tra- <laughs> like they have I think they have this like training camp in the Gulf and stuff. And, oh, yeah. it's it's fantastic. Like. And it, oh, his his accent is atrocious as well. Yeah, well, Harrison Ford's <laughs> Irish accent. No, uh, no Sean Bean. So. Harrison Ford's American, and, and it is near. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Jack Darth, American, yeah. And Darth Vader's in it as well. Um, what do you call James him? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, yeah. <laughs> Classic. I can't remember him in it actually, but I actually I saw it pretty recently. Well, he's the mentor uh, to Harrison Ford. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> and then he gets I think he gets like maybe cancer or something in it yeah and, you know Harrison Ford has to visit his deathbed to like like he's passing over the mantle <laughs> yeah. Harrison Ford it's uh it is a good film though I enjoy it as ridiculous as it is yeah <laughs> it, is it the one it's it has a uh, are the IRA trying to kill the queen and like uh, the, the intercepts it's, a um it's like a black uh, taxi driving yeah, yeah. They're trying to kill some royal family. Some, yeah, something like that, and um, it all goes all goes tits up. Yeah, and uh, I think Jack there's Jack. supposed to be like uh, almost a version of Jerry Adams in it as well, 
Yeah. He's like, he's like the leader of, I don't think the Sage in the end, maybe they do. But he's like, you know, the political voice for the IRA, you know? Yeah. And then Jack Ryan goes to meet him in a bar and all this. And he's, <laughs> says sorry about your family jack and jack's not having any of it (laughs) have you ever seen the uh the colombo with the ira yeah brilliant episode yeah that's a really really good episode it's a really really good it's basically um (laughs) this uh irish american folk singer who is who, who is um supposed to be um tom clancy i think yeah um and uh no not not tom clancy tom clancy was the author wasn't he Tom Clancy, sorry, you know, Liam Clancy. Yeah, he's supposed to be Liam Clancy, um, but he's but he's also gun running for the RA. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, he he basically commits a murder, and then um, Columbo obviously you know does his thing. But then at, at the end um, of the episode, whenever he's finally got him, and he's kind of sitting down, and like he, he Columbo, he, like he knows Columbo's got him. Columbo knows he's got him. So there's nothing left to do. So he orders like another bottle. He orders like another another round of whiskey for him and Columbo, and they just sit in you know the final scene. And Columbo gives him this class speech about you know, like you think that you're you know uh, you know um, help helping the cause and, and romanticizing all this stuff, but like because of you, um, you know uh, uh, innocent people are going to be dying tonight on the streets of Belfast. I remember seeing that and going, Jesus Christ, that was America <laughs> in the 1980s, and they had that kind of insight, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, brilliant. yeah. It's, a, it's a brilliant episode. It is. I suppose similar to, um, well, it's not really similar, but it, I was just like when all the, um, like just for anybody who's listened, like we were talking about the Paris thing a while ago, but uh, I started watching Star Trek clips on the back of the the Paris attack. I was going to bring. Uh, I, I think I, I was maybe going to bring up the same thing you're about to bring up actually. Oh, it's the censored one. Yeah, or, yeah. At least it was. It was censored in the UK anyway. Yeah. Uh, just for the talk about the Irish reunification of 2024. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> so it's, apparently it's going to happen in Star Trek in, what's that, like, what, this is 2015, isn't it? So nine years. Nine years? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Nine years until freedom, lads. I had a <laughs> screening of that in the black box one time, and me and, uh, and uh, Dom O'Neill and Connor, actually, the guys who were with us uh, for Friday, and... Um, we we all got pretty drunk and we in the afternoon we went down to the screening and we were like we were really excited but but we got the black box and there was a big queue outside and uh, we were like fuck fuck it's a huge queue and uh, ran to the end of the queue and we're like fuck is this is this a queue for Star Trek and everybody was like no this is this, there's something really cool it was like for lamb chop or something and we were like oh okay. shit we've really embarrassed ourselves <laughs> we ourselves had a big total fucking nerds here. Yeah, there's but, never uh, a queue for Star Trek. <laughs> there's never a queue for Star Trek. They were like, nah, Star Trek, you can go on in. You're, they're like, the guest is here. Um, would you go back to DB? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I meant to bring up something, actually. When you had mentioned Faith, yeah, like, you, you know the way you were saying, possibly uh, the subject of, um, like, maybe it was a reference to anti-transgender mm-hmm. issues. Uh-huh. It, it, so, like, there is a sort of a like a parallel in real life, isn't there? I guess you remember the Raymer twins. You've heard of them, Ian, from Winnipeg. Like it was back in the sixties. That's right. Yeah. Like yes, it's like uh, they were both born male, and uh, I think there was like an issue with their genitalia, so they were both brought into hospital. And one of them, have you heard of these guys, Paul? No, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, but well, they were both brought into hospital, and they were gonna circumcise them essentially. 
but they tried this new technique that involved lasers, and obviously Ooh. any technique that involved lasers always sounds like it's going to go wrong, and of course it did. So one of, one of, one of them was fine, uh, like they circumcised, no problems, no complications. But the other one, uh, I think they were called David, maybe, uh, they uh, were just damaged beyond repair, and so they decided to just completely cut off all the genitalia in the end, um, because it was just beyond completely beyond repair but uh so basically the uh the doctors took the family and explained all this to them and then said look there's this sort of pioneering psychologist uh who says that he believes we can raise your son as a female and so they did in the end and i think like he he grew up most of his adolescent years as a female Uh and then was told the truth about his birth uh, like when he was in his early 20s um, because he'd been suffering from, or well, she had been suffering from depression for years and years and been bullied throughout school and reverted back to being male in the end. I right. think was able to have some sort of reconstructive surgery too and had a family and everything. Um, but then I think this had sort of repercussions like lasting psychological effects or uh, his whole life and he eventually ended up committing suicide. Fucking hell. That's the whole thing. But it, it's just, it's a really strange uh, and true story. Like, but, yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it says much for the idea of gender essentialism, though, because uh, I think that there was interviews with the family, and you get the impression they were never truly able to accept uh, raising her as a female. Yeah, yeah. At least that's the impression I got from the mother. I watched a documentary about it, and yeah. you just got that impression from them. Well, I mean that that's that's kind of the whole thing that happens when in deadly blessing with faith, really, because um, it's basically you learn that Faith's mother um, was abandoned by her um, by her husband, and so she's got this thing that against men. Because remember, she says at the start, whenever uh, Martha's husband um, says, "Oh, we're we're going to have a baby," basically, and she yeah. says, "Oh, I hope it's a girl, boys. Ain't nothing but trouble." And then she makes yeah. another comment about Faith later on. She says, oh, if um, if Faith had been a girl, I think I would have just drowned her like a kitten. And so she's just, she's got this thing against boys. So she's raised Faith as a girl, basically. And then, mm. so then, but then Faith knows that she's a boy, doesn't she? Because she, then she fancies Martha. But like, yeah, like she knows she's a boy, doesn't she? I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember if that comes out. Yeah. I don't think, actually, I don't think it's, it's, it's really kind of explained. But that just kind of comes from nowhere, and like some some films, like Sleep Sleepaway Camp, there's like there's like a kind of similar revelation in that film. I don't know if you guys have seen Sleepaway Camp, and it it completely works, and it's absolutely brilliant, and that's it's a phenomenally good film. Um, and... I actually started watching it recently, and I I, I got it 15 minutes in, and I was just too tired to, and I stopped. Oh, shit, I hope I haven't ruined it for you then, but um, but no, 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 no. But it completely it completely works in that film, um, but it just doesn't work in Deadly Blessing, and it just comes back to this whole thing of they don't seem to know what to do or what they're doing with the film because Faith and her mum don't really appear enough for us to care about them for for the for that revelation to really have a, a, a kind of decent impact. You know, yeah. like they, they kind of they yeah. appear at the start, then Faith comes around and brings the eggs. 
Then our mum comes around to say, oh, Faith wasn't borrowing you. It, it's almost like they're just thinking of, of reasons for Faith and her mum to keep visiting Martha so that they can keep them within the consciousness of the audience rather than yeah, actually yeah, giving yeah. them a decent rule, a decent rule within the storyline. They're just kind of saying, oh, yeah, do you remember these characters? Just just, just keep those characters in the back of your mind because, you know, because, <laughs> because eventually there's going to be a big massive twist. You know what I mean? And then we get this whole thing um, at the end and... And, you know, like, that doesn't even really go anywhere. It's just, like, you know, then all of a sudden, like, some like, Faith's mum says something really tenuous, like, Martha can't live because she, now she knows her secrets, so they start chasing her around with a shotgun. It's yeah. Thinking, like, it's, it's, it's just not believable. It's just, it's it's so confused, and and it's not really... We, we... What do you... I'm sorry. No, no. What do you call John's wife? Um, uh, um, Martha, or, his, or wife uh, to be, yeah, yeah, his uh, cousin. That, would it not have made more sense for her maybe to be the sort of jealous killer or something? I don't know. Um, yeah, I haven't actually thought about this. It just sort of came to my mind now. Well, that's obviously, I think, I think where it's where it's potentially trying to lead you down the garden path. I think it, I yeah. think it's trying to do that. I think you can, you're kind of supposed to think. Oh God! It's obviously her because you know she kind of runs runs away when they're in the store looking at wedding dresses because realizes John's looking at Vicky and um, I think that's kind of what it's supposed to do, you know, in that kind of slasher way where you know they have the person who should obviously be the killer, but you know in the end it's like you know someone's boyfriend or something. You know, it's not the person you, it's not the it's not the yeah. it's not the creepy weirdo hanging around the high school. It's uh, <laughs> it's the yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, but I think that the, the the faith thing just kind of sums up what's wrong with the film, and I think it is worth kind of reiterating that like it is a problem that Craven, I think, said we you know that 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 the film that the film is just kind of doesn't really know what to do, and it's a bit um, it's a bit uh, confused, really. I think. Yeah. Does he have that? Like, it's been so long now since I've seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and. Like the hills of eyes, do, do, do problems like that ever arise in those films? Like there's, it's, it feels a bit jumbled at times. I, I I don't remember them being jumbled. Not as far as I can remember. And so I mean, if you if you think about like Last House, I mean Last House does kind of it, it it is almost like two films because you have the the first half where where the girls meet meet the 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 psycho guys. You know, get the whole sexual humiliation, rape, and then they get murdered, and then, but then the second half of the film is the the parents finding out and taking their revenge, and so there's kind of a lot going on in that film, but but it works, you know, because because it, yeah. it's, it's Craven's vision and he kind of knows what he's yeah. doing. So um, it's basically just you reckon it was because he was tacked on as director. I think so, and I think it just wasn't necessarily a very good script. I don't think they really knew what no. to do. It. It's almost like your man kind of thought the whole Amish thing would be a good thing for a horror film, but he wasn't really sure exactly how to execute it. You know, should mm. it, should it be a supernatural, good versus evil thing? Should it just be a straight up slasher? Should it be like a like a religious kind of cult sacrifice type thing? But it just ends up being none of those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a shame. Tellingly, it 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 was it it didn't even. It didn't even attract the attention of like the DPP in um, the kind of video nasty era because it was it it, it was actually released um, as a kind of pre-cert video nasty before the video recordings act. 
Um, so it, 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 it had been given like an X certificate for theatrical release in 1981, but then it also appeared, you know, um, before certi- cert- certification for videos came in. So it, it was like a, on the shelves around the time of the video nasty um, thing. Uh, happened and then in 1986 after the Video Recordings Act came in it um, it got like a release with a c- certification but I, I think it's telling really that um, you know The Hills of Eyes and Last House on the Left were you know hounded by the DPP but this wasn't yeah. it's like almost like no one no one really cared about it <laughs> <laughs> no one gave a shit so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm just looking through other Wes Craven movies here has is, is anybody ever seen <laughs> Paris No. Yes, I have. Uh, but I can't remember his... Because it's like loads of different directors, isn't Oh, it? is it right? Okay, fair enough. It's, yeah, it's one of those ones that's like loads of little short films all right. about Paris. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, actually... Oh, actually, I own this movie. I bought this movie a while ago, but I still haven't watched it yet. I, I didn't really... Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, okay. That's that's fine. That makes more sense. The Coen Brothers, the that's good. This music of the heart... This- <laughs> Story of school teacher struggling to teach violin to inner city Harlem kids. That's not a Wes Craven movie that I've ever heard of. Meryl Streep's in it. But um, has anybody ever seen The Serpent and the Rainbow? Is what I wanted to. No, no. Uh, and after college, just go to go to uh, goes to Haiti after uh, hearing rumors about drug use by oh, black. Oh, that's like the zombie film. It's like a zombie yeah. film, isn't it? Yeah, I've always wanted to see that. It's it's written by this guy. Wade Davis, who's like a really serious anthropologist, who I've read some of his books, and he's, he's really, hmm. he's really good. Uh, he's written a book about Everest, um, that won Samuel Johnson Prize, about like the first expedition to Everest, and he's written a couple of books on the Amazon. And um, books on the Amazon are amazing; they're really, really interesting. I think we might have discussed them on kind of a Holocaust, but uh, I, I saw his name attached to it that one day, and I was like, "What the fuck? This can't be the same guy!" Like, but it is. And I, I, I actually really like to see it. Um, yeah. I've always, um, wanted, I've always wanted to see that, especially because I, when I was going through my kind of zombie phase in my early twenties, um, I always meant, I always meant to to track that down and watch it, but yeah, n- yeah, never got around to it. Um, sort of just going through his IMDb here, it's, it's he really took the piss out of uh, Freddy Krueger. He yeah. did, like, yeah, loads of stuff. Yeah. I was watching a thing uh, the other day. It was on um, YouTube. And uh, someone had recorded. It was basically in the states. There was like a Freddy hotline, and it was like um, you basically <laughs> rung up on this basically whole whole elaborate thing to keep you on the phone. But essentially, what it was was like a like a quiz, like a true or false quiz about yeah. the, about the Freddy Krueger series. And um, <laughs> there was like every day, the person with the high, highest score at the end of the day would win two hundred fifty dollars. Um, but spent spent two hundred fifty dollars probably on the fucking exactly phone call. like the amount of money they got. I mean, it, they really did take. There was like it's... there was like different series and like you know so many different films. Yeah, like it was just he properly did rip the arse out of it, didn't he? Do you remember phone quizzes? I remember them being a thing. I don't really remember doing any, but like no, I never did there would be things where you'd put up and like you know, you had to have a touchstone phone and you had to like oh yeah yeah. Um, I remember there was one on ITV, wasn't there, in the mornings where you could play this computer game. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, the jumping yeah. troll thing. Like, has anybody seen the remake actually of The Hills of Eyes? Yeah, mm. yeah. I went to see that in the cinema. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I have a memory of thinking it wasn't too bad. No, it was all right. No, it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's it's it, it's as far as I remember, it's a pretty straightforward remake. Like, it's not. Yeah, it's just a lot more brutal, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, um, it's more. Yeah, just 
sort of updated for more nihilistic audiences, I yeah, guess. Yeah, more, it, uh, it's more fine. It's, yeah, way it more. Is, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, and it's it's pretty enjoyable. It's, I think uh, I, I always remember DU saying that, 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 that they kind of make more of the um, whole um, like re- reason behind the, why the mutants are like that. Oh yeah, actually, I think yeah. The, there's a bit of a backstory at yeah. the start. Nuclear test inside, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's 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 kind of hinted at in the original, but it's not really explored. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's very. Um, I, I I doubt you guys would have played it. There's a game called Fallout. Uh, it's, there was a new one there released recently, but it it reminded yeah. me of that. Yeah, so, I I actually I was talking to Colin about that recently because I, I think I suggest or said that to him when he, he fucking loves. Uh, he's the guy I played the drink game with with. Mm. The original one. I think we'll be actually. I think I said we played it with the original one, then we played it with the remake. Mm. Right. Um, but uh, he's mad about Fallout. I, I just sort of watched him play it for about an hour one time and got really bored. But oh, I'd be really boring to watch someone play yeah. that. I'd love it, like, but yeah, God, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch anyone play that. <laughs> yeah, it was shit. <laughs> but that, like, De- Deadly Blessing does does kind of continue that um, that kind of theme that's explored with the kind of town versus country. You know that you kind of get in hills, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. do, and you do kind of get it in last house a bit, you know, because it's the kind of two girls from the city who go to watch a go to some they're going to some concert and end up you know trying to trying to score some grass and end up yeah uh, yeah yeah and yes we get a lot of like yeah like wrong turn and yeah and also the text and, and also the kind of like dreamlike quality of um, Debbie Blessing where like obviously there's like Lana's dreams but then also like like you never really know. What's real and what's not? What's what's people's imaginations? You know, it's a bit like um, yeah, it's a bit like Nightmare on Elm Street. I yeah, think. yeah. So like, in in Deadly Wrestling, there are kind of um, hints at at what what kind of Craven would later do, but it 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 just never really kind of it never really works. I don't think. Um, but um, one, I mean, one of the other things, for example, is um, why why do Martha and her husband is it Glenn or Greg? Uh, oh, I can't remember. I I, I care so little about the characters. I forgot Jim. most of them. <laughs> Jim, it's Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they even live there? Like, like. Well, yeah, I know because Jim obviously is like he's obviously not welcome. But I, I, I got the break. That's what I wondered as well at first. I think he had like a legal entitlement to that farm because he was yeah. the eldest son. So he probably inherited it, and then then he fell away from the religion. So we, they decided, right, we're going to stick our ground. And he probably has like a, I, I figured he probably had like a, a sort of tie to his family. He wanted, he probably hoped that one day his family would like uh, accept him again. He'd be able to live in peace with yeah. his wife and his family. But uh, but you see, once he dies, and then she's there, and, and like they're being yeah, dead. why does she stick around? Like yeah, I mean. Do, do, do you know what I would do because because obviously like there's the kind of principle you know like why should I move but yeah. what I would have done I I would have sold it to a to a bourbon distillery. That's very specific. True, yeah. Um, well, because it's Texas, um, and because yeah, okay. then you've got the booze, which I'm assuming they might find offensive, and then also all the machinery. So to say, well, you know, you know what I'm going to do, and because I own this land, I'm going to tear down the house ruin the vegetable patches and I'm going to sell it to a fucking <laughs> bourbon distillery. How do you fucking like that? <laughs> and I'm just going to make a big... Uh, yeah. 
giant rotating dildo or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that they have to look at every day. Like a condom factory. Yeah. <laughs> I, ju- I, I just I, don't understand why why you would ever stay there, especially whenever they're they're being complete dicks, and also um, there's like people dying. And that's another thing that, that that really pisses me off about the characters of the Hittites is because they're so fucking um, what what's that what's that expression? They're so um, holier than thou, but yet they they don't think there's anything wrong with 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 constantly harassing a woman who has just whose husband has just been murdered. You know, so yeah. like, so like they they have so like the uh, um, William Munson and the kids, they're like hogging around in her barn, um, and like you know peering at her through the window, and the headouts are coming up and offering to buy the house, and you just think, have you guys absolutely no fucking respect? <laughs> I mean, this I woman, so. this woman has just women, lost her husband. In their opinion, women are a sex class citizens, and B, she is a, um, an incubus. An incubus. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, New York Review of Books published a, published a sort of guide to uh, ISIS male members uh, on how to treat the legality of them owning their, uh, their female sex slaves recently. And it, it's full of stuff like that. But, like, uh, you know, don't forget she's your property. But, um, it's, it's, it's like a legal document. This isn't really tied in properly, but uh, just it reminded me of it. It's like a legal document, though, so there's all these stipulations. It's not like, you know, like, go get writing. It's like, uh, you know, you may do this, you may not. You may not do this, you may do this, you may not do this, and stuff. And uh, But it's very much, you know, uh, A, she's not part of the religion, so she is worthless, and B, she uh, is a woman, so she's doubly worthless. So that's... Yeah, I think it's a similar mindset. Obviously, yeah, these guys aren't, aren't ISIS, but uh, no, but but I mean, in like in the they they do kind of have that thing where like all, all, all the women um, have their hair tied up and 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 their heads covered. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's all it's all that kind of stuff, isn't it? Obviously, yeah. I mean, like ob- obviously that is like a completely patriarchal religion where oh yeah, yeah women it's very are... old testament, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I... I think like it, it has, I watched, I don't know if you guys watched it, there was a really good BBC series on recently called The Ascent of Woman. Did uh, you hear no. about it? It's, it's worth watching even the first yeah. episode. I think it was either three or four parts, but it was just sort of the history of women, you know, basically in modern civilization, essentially. But it, it did the sort of the history of like mm. the, the, the cover, uh, like uh, the, the barca essentially and yeah. where that all came from. And it, it comes from ancient Greece. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's like because that was a big thing in Athens because women were seen as second class citizens, so they had to cover themselves at all times. And yeah. Obviously, it's been adopted by Christianity and Islam and Judaism and stuff. So. Right. Yeah, but it, it's worth watching if he's got a chance. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Is it BBC Four? Uh, it might have been actually. Uh, but it, it, it's on. It was on iPlayer uh, recently enough. Anyway. Yeah. What about that? That kind of relationship between Vicky and and John. It's an, it's another it's another thing that doesn't really go anywhere. But I mean, like like, do do you kind of feel any sense of justice or kind of vindication whenever John finally stops his eye from hitting him and goes off and you know? Yeah, I suppose it's um, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's a small victory. It, yeah, exactly. It's 
contextually, yes, it's a victory. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think they maybe care about it enough. No. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, whenever they were getting attacked, I was like, oh, at least that's them gone. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And then, yeah. and then she does that stupid One thing. Corpse closer to the end. She does that stupid thing where um, uh, the car is being set on fire, and rather than just opening the door and getting out of the car and running away, <laughs> she tries to drive away, and you're just like, "Fucking hell! Why would you do that?" It's a very roundabout way of killing someone, not though. Yeah, they're all roundabout ways of killing someone. Like the snake in the bath is pretty roundabout. Like that's true. It's a, it's a pretty Bond villain kind of thing to do. Like yeah. yeah. I set up, I set up some circumstances that may end in somebody being hurt, but, <laughs> but uh, not necessarily death. Yes, yeah. I just hope that these circumstances then yeah. are like really, really extenuating. Yeah. Oh, that happens uh, actually in the new James Bond. There's, Does it? Just, yeah, it's just why well, just shoot him. Like you know the Austin Powers joke. All you need to shoot him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think in the new one, like, I do, I, do you guys mind if I spoil it a wee bit? I, I, I detest James Bond, so I'll, I'll never oh, watch okay. it. Um, yeah, he has him strapped, the bad guy has him strapped to this, like, bed, and there's this sort of uh, system that has these two drills that come around that are going to drill into the side of his head. Cool. Um, it's like, well, you, know, you could just shoot him. Like, just... Yeah. And, of course, James Bond has an exploding watch. You know, of course he does. That saves the, saves the day. I, 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 I can't believe that they're still doing that kind of thing in James Bond. I, I thought it was kind of beyond parody now to the extent that they avoided situations like that where, where it's like, I'm going to leave you tied to this thing with this thing that that will kill you in about 45 minutes whenever the thing eventually actually happens. And I'm going to leave now <laughs> yeah. and give you 45 minutes time to, you know, rather than just shooting him. I, I can't, like, believe, I can't believe they still do that. What do you call the Victorian artist? What was the Victorian movies? Post, uh, maybe it's modern sorts, but he, he did uh, did all those contraptions drawings, and it was like all these fucking wacky contraptions, like Wallace and Gromit style. And uh, it's like that. It's like what? Like, come on, like a fucking egg toppling down. It's a domino, and like, <laughs> <laughs> a net comes down over a chicken, and then the chicken gets so scared that he fucking, <laughs> and then the sound wave knocks off a fucking potato. So. <laughs> Heath Robinson, that's his name. And then your dinner's ready. <laughs> and then your dinner's ready, and that guy's dead. <laughs> and the bath is running, and your coffee's on the on the stove. <laughs> the wife's um, moved out because it's just too much. I suppose, like James Bond, traditionally is very kind of camp, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. yeah. Whereas I think recently it's become very brooding and serious I, to compete with other franchises. I absolutely despise James Bond with all my heart and soul. Yeah, I'm not a Bond fan. It is. I wouldn't count myself as one. I would. I would. Uh, I was about to say I wouldn't give a fuck, but actually be <coughs> genuinely pleased if every single copy of every single James Bond film and all the negatives were utterly destroyed forever. I like Jeez. Goldeneye on the N64. That's well, good fun. Goldeneye N64 is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, possibly one of like five computer games I actually like. It was brilliant, but I mean, that's nothing to do with James Bond. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not really. It could have been anything, but it could have been like fucking Tony Blair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been the same same amount of fun. Like Tony Blair, peace envoy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, I've got one more clip, and it's Faith um, going. No, not Faith. Uh, Melissa going mental at the end. Whenever you find out that she's actually going for Faith, um, so we'll listen to that. Take a break, and then potentially come back and do our review reviews 
Yeah, might even not bother coming back. Potentially. <laughs> okay. I might just go to bed. <laughs> I command thee, whosoever thou art, thou unclean spirit, and all thy companions possessing this land, that by the mystery of the incarnation, the passion, resurrection and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, by the sending of the Holy Ghost and by the coming of our Lord to judgment. Now tell me thy name, the date, and the hour of thy coming out. Okay, so, um... Unless there's anything else anyone wants to say about the Blessmeister? No. No. That's, that's, <laughs> that's we've the... spoken more about like Tom Clancy novels and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. <laughs> 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 Deadly Blessing. Okay. And ISIS. Well, and ISIS. <laughs> let's do our wee reviews. Um, D, you, you, you go first, sure. Uh, okay. Are we doing the timing thing? Uh, yes, if I can get my timer up. How long do I have again? Is it? You've got to choose. Do your, <laughs> do your mark out of seventeen, and then that's how long you get. Oh God. Okay. Uh, What's your mark out of seventeen? See, six. <laughs> that's actually higher than I thought you were going to give it. Uh, just yeah. I guess that'll that'll do. Okay. You ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Go. Uh, it was a bit mediocre, a bit slow, and a just really stupid ending. Done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay, I'll go uh, 17, so what's 50%, lower than 50% is uh, 8, so um, I'll give it 7. Okay, go. Um, who cares in the end it's confused and Craven does his best but ultimately it's a bit disappointing done <laughs> okay crazy P I'll give it mm, I'll give it 9 I enjoyed it when I watched it I didn't really enjoy it I'll back on it um, yeah I, I, I think I think that's basically the same as me it's like I think when I'm watching it I kind of enjoy it and then I'm kind of getting yeah. I'm getting something from it but Coming to actually talk about it in a podcast, you actually struggle to find things that are good about it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, nine. Nine, okay. One, two, three, go. It was alright. Done. <laughs> it was alright. <laughs> it is just alright, isn't it? And, and, and th- th- this is the thing that I, I keep coming back to. It's just like, I, I, I've i never watched a Wes Craven film and thought, you know, oh, that was brilliant. I mean, like, you know, Wes, you know, like, not like, you know, Carpenter or Argento or something like that, where you just think, that is that is verging on flawless, that is fucking yeah. brilliant. And you know, I feel like The Prince of Darkness or The Thing, you just think, like, Carpenter was just so much better than Wes Craven, it's actually sore. There's not many people can hold a candle to Carpenter, though. It's... That's true. But even, like, all, all like, all, like, yeah. like, like, the kind of other you know, American Grindhouse films and kind of slasher films and things that were around about the time as 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 Craven's good films, like Last House and, and, and Hills of Eyes. Like, 
you know, Texas Chainsaw, or or, or even something like mm. don't, go, don't Go in the House. You know, stuff like that. Don't Go in the House was actually pretty, yeah, it was surprisingly good. You know, it just... Yeah, it was, like, If you were, if, like, if, if, if you were on, on, on walking down 42nd Street in New York in the late 70s, or kind of mid-80s, and you were wanting to see something, you know, all the, the, the brilliant films that were out and that were being shown around that time, you would just never go and see a fucking Wes Craven film because it's just not gonna. Yeah, it's just not gonna give you that buzz. No, I know. I I I still actually I I think. I think New Nightmare is. Yeah, I I think the the well the problem with New Nightmare is that it takes, it takes an entire, franchise of movies before it in order for it to actually, make any sense whatsoever. However, I think. As taken, taken as it is, which is the, the tail end of a franchise, I think it's brilliant. I think it's really, really something. Like, uh, I, I'm a big, big fan of that movie. I think it's the best nightmare movie. Probably the best, probably the best Scream movie as well. I love Scream. Scream's very good. Yeah. yeah, I still love the people under the stars, but yeah, I'm actually I, gonna... I think it's good. I'm actually going to have to revisit that because I do have it on yeah. DVD. I've got it in DVD back in Belfast. I think I will have to revisit that and just double check. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good fun. I mean, like a guy dressed in a gimp costume with a shotgun shooting the walls is just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it, Paul? I, I I think I have, but I don't remember anything about it. Uh, or actually, now that you mentioned that, that, that doesn't sound familiar at all. So maybe I haven't seen it. Um, so this is about the time that we usually pick the next film but um, as it's coming up to Christmas and as we didn't get to do it last year because we're so disorganised um, the next episode is going to be uh, Bob Clark's Black Christmas yes um, so we're 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 actually going from <clears throat> a film even though it's my choice a film that I don't really give a shit about to perhaps one of my favourite films of all time if not my favourite film of all time um, Black, I, I think Black Christmas is probably the best horror film ever made. Well, some claim. I can't remember a lot about it, but it's the evil Santa calling at the door. No, you're thinking of the uh, Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, I'm really hoping it's a black exploitation film. <laughs> yeah, we yes. uh, talked about that in, a, in a, I think it might have been last year when we were talking about it. Yeah, so one of you made that comment, and it's because it was interesting because Black Christmas, I think, was initially called Silent Night, Deadly Night because producers were worried that if they called it Black Christmas because it was the mid 70s, people would think it was a black exploitation film. Right. Oh, okay. Do you know, uh, apparently, Blues Brothers was. Uh, was withheld from a lot of theaters. Apparently, there like maybe in the seventies and eighties, there were like uh, maybe like thirteen like major, maybe less major um, sort of cinema owners uh, across the United States, and they owned all the cinemas, all the major cinemas. And uh, they together decided that Blues Brothers could only be shown in certain, like maybe like five percent of their cinemas, and there were cinemas that, uh, uh, in their terms, would. Um, be frequented by black people and they said they didn't want it shown in their other cinemas because they didn't want to encourage black people to come to the other cinemas so they thought blues black black people fucking hell is that not (laughs) yeah 
That is well, harsh as fuck. I, I'm not sure that's, that's true, but I, I read well. I read an essay about that somewhere. Um, I, I I actually don't don't give a fuck about the Blues Brothers. I I think it's I think it's something <laughs> about black people. <laughs> I think I th- I'm about that fact, but I like Blues Brothers a lot. I, I, think. I, I think the I think the Blues Brothers is is incredibly tedious. I know. I, I, I enjoyed it when I was a kid. So. I never watched it as a kid. I only watched it for the first time like five years ago. Right. Um, and I I was so bored by it. Were you really grumpy when you were watching it? <laughs> uh, it 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 made me grumpy. It's a very 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 ar- ar- archaic notion of of coolness. Uh, and that that really pisses me off. <laughs> but I mean, like that archaic notion of coolness is like that. That's part of the joke. That's uh, you know these these guys are wow. are sore thumbs no matter where where they are. You know they're they're like a they're they're pining for an era that never really existed. You know they don't exist in their heads, which is why they're they're such misfits. Mm. I went to see. Um... <laughs> I went to see Straight Out of Compton recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, like I, I have a soft spot for all that music because I liked it when I was sort of yeah. quite a young I, teenager. I say Straight Out of Compton. Straight Out of. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not cool enough, but uh, yeah. When I went to see it, the the demographic was pretty funny in Belfast. It was like yeah, just yeah. a lot of very <laughs> spidey people, like. And then there was myself, yeah. the the one sort of. It was mostly like teenagers, and I was like the only sort of thirty-one-year-old man there. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <clears throat> it's a good film, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, I would like to see it, um, um, because I, I, I loved the NWA when I was a teenager as well. Did you say the NWA? <laughs> huh? <laughs> that's that's nearly as bad as me. Wow. Biggie Ditch, the NWA. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yes, you're going to see. You're going to see the old NWA. There are you. Um, <laughs> and, and the two packs. <laughs> I remember uh, being about fifteen or sixteen and uh, being in pool glass for the first time, and I bumped into the Dunmurray Young Arsonists, and uh, who had just set fire to a building, which they pointed out, and it was a building, a place, and. Uh, I was shitting myself because I, I think I was wearing their van a t-shirt and uh, one of them was like, do you like Kirk and and I was like, uh, yeah. I said, do you miss him now he's dead? And I was like, uh, I suppose. And he's like, do you miss Tupac? And I was like, um, yes. And I was like, good lad, good lad. I fucking miss Tupac every day. Peace, brother. And I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And they let me go. Uh, they let you go. <laughs> they turned, turned back and just watched the building that set on fire just burned down. Is that why they set stuff on fire? Because they're mourning so much? I do, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Tupac told them to do it. The Dunmurray <laughs> Young Arsonists. Dunmurray Young Arsonists. They're actually, they call themselves the DYA, and they were like, do you know what that means? And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> Do you want me to know what it means? <laughs> what's, the, what's the right answer? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, so I, I, I guess the uh, the next time we meet... It'll be approaching Christmas, and we will be talking about one of the best slasher films ever made, yeah. and a Canadian film nonetheless. Let's let's drink some Moosehead and eat some. Have you ever had maple syrup cookies? No, no, but they sound They're amazing. Fucking amazing! Cool. They're yeah. absolutely unbelievable. I have a Canadian colleague who brought us back about ten packets of them, and they were gone in like five minutes. Hmm. They're fucking unbelievable. 
Oh, maple syrup's amazing in general. It is, yeah. I might just pour maple syrup into my beer next time. <laughs> I'm gonna what? get Would a. that um, work? No, I don't know. I'm gonna get a bottle of sherry so it can be like Mrs. Mac, and uh, and and drink it. <laughs> is there any big sort of Canadian eels that are available here? Yes, uh, the uh, the vineyard in Belfast does Sleeman's. Sleeman's. Sleeman's yeah. honey ale. It's a Canadian beer. I've only had my said, but it's a lager like that. Yeah, yeah. said's nice, uh, but it's there is there's there's another Canadian ale. Uh, uh, John we'll, we'll John Keith's. Or no, sorry, not John Keats. Alexander Keats is it? Alexander Keats. Yeah, I'm thinking. I was thinking of John Keats, the English poet. No, it's Alexander yeah. Keats. <laughs> right. Um, and then there's Molson Canadian. Is their big their big kind of lager? Molson. But uh, there's something. Something anyway. We'll we'll get it. We'll we'll see you all. It's coming full with some uh, Canadian eels. Film. <laughs> 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 God knows where that was going. We added that out, you know. I think like deadly blessing has sucked all the energy out of you, Paul. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm that, so that and your, uh, you know, teething, teething son. Yeah, yeah. And your crazy day. I suppose like the worst thing about your day so far is you've had to talk about deadly blessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, uh, the listeners have missed it, but my day's been fucking nuts. And uh, just take my word for it. Well, Deadly Blessing has a apparently has a twenty percent score on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's that's that's, that's perhaps a good a good place to leave the episode. I think that's unfair, but okay. I I I was surprised at that. I I, I thought I thought there was enough kind of Wes Craven love, at least to kind of bring it up a bit more. But yeah, I yeah. think though once people get to the point where they have to actually review it, then. Yeah. As we have found out, it's a bastard to review. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, that's it for another episode, I guess. So, um, I, I guess we'll all we'll all do our wee sign offs. So, with you all. <laughs> and Dee, do you, do you want to do your wee sign off? Do I have one? Uh, bye, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we'll see you. We'll see you next time for for Black Christmas. Sat upon, spat upon, ride it on. Oh Lord, why have you forsaken me? I got no place to go. I've walked around Soho for the last night or so. But it doesn't matter Blessed is the land And the kingdom Blessed is the man
that all the meth drinkers, pot sellers, illusion dwellers. Oh Lord, why have you forsaken me? My words trickle down from a wound that I have no intention. 